Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for bringing us here today, for allowing us to come before you, Lord, not only to worship you, but to hear your word. And God, we pray right now as we come before you that you will help us to examine ourselves. Help us, Lord, shine the light of your word into our hearts. Help us, Lord, not to hide from you. Help us to know that we can't hide from you, O oh God. But we ask that you expose every dark thing that's within us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for trying to hide. And stunting our own spiritual growth. So God, right now we come before you asking you to reveal to us what you already know about us, Lord. Bring these dark secrets to light. These things we think we've hidden from you. Every contrary thought, every deed of malice, all of the bitterness, resentment, Lord. We come before you right now. And God, we ask that you will remove these things. Cleanse us, O oh Lord, with your word. Lord, help our will to line up with your will. Help us, Lord, to differentiate our will from yours, Lord. Set us on the path that you've designed from the beginning of time. Remove us out of the way and have your way in our lives, oh God. Lord, we thank you so much for loving us enough not only to come and die for us, Lord, but to count us worthy to be able to come before you before your throne of grace. And here we are, Lord, looking for help in a time of need. And Lord, we recognize right now that we need you. We need you, Lord, to lead us and guide us in our everyday walk with you, O oh Lord. Lead us and guide us, O oh Lord. You know, but we're just, we're just dust in your sight. What do we know about living? Lord, we know that you know all things. So keep us from ourselves, oh Lord. Keep us from our own wills. Keep us, Lord, from our own mistakes. 
in our own mindsets, Lord. Help us to take on the mind of Christ so that we can bring glory to you, O oh Lord. Right now in this place, Lord, we want to bring glory to you. Thank you so much, O oh God. for not charging us with everything that we've done wrong. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. And Lord, we lay out right before you, appealing to you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy to continue to follow us, Lord, for your grace to continue to overtake us so that we're not consumed Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. We want to say thank you all for being here today. And uh, we look forward to sharing with you the things that the Lord have uh, laid on our hearts to share today feels like it's been a while since we've been here. Joshua, turn the speaker down for me. It seems like it's been a while. But uh, we're grateful to be back. We thank God for our trip that we took to Ohio and uh, uh, for the things that we were allowed to accomplish for the Lord there. We thank God for Pastor Kalini allowing us to come and minister in his church up there. And uh, thank God for the television station uh, that we were invited uh, to be regulars on the uh, TV station there. So we're just grateful to the Lord for what he's doing in this ministry and how he is uh, leading us about. And um, just for all of the things that uh, God is doing. And we will look forward also to <laughs> the other things that the Lord would have us to do uh, to further his, his kingdom in this world, because that's what we're here for. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to the third chapter of 2 Timothy. And uh, today we're going to Prayerfully, we're going to talk to, to you all about some things that uh, I believe we need to know uh, sincerely uh, if, we're going to, if we're going to grow in the Lord. We're going to have to know these things and um, have to be discipled in these things. So, you know, as the Lord continued to uh, move us ahead in the things of this ministry and the things that he's having us to do, uh, one of the things that I, and, and listen now, uh, <laughs> as you as individuals continue to grow in the Lord, uh, you will uh, have opposition. And depending on how you move forward in God, uh, depending on how you uh, deal with that opposition that also is related to how far God is willing to allow you to grow in him if 
I, I remember years ago when I was watching boxing, and I was watching a boxing match, and it was a, a man, I think his name was Oliver McCall. Uh, he was boxing um, someone who would become the heavyweight champion of the world, Lennox Lewis. And in the first fight he beat, if I'm not mistaken, he beat Lennox Lewis. But in the second fight, and beat him with confidence, and you know, Lennox Lewis was one of the greatest, you know, especially uh, of that time. Uh, but in the second fight, as, Oliver, as they were fighting, Oliver McCall uh, began to cry. And you know, uh, one of the things you don't do in boxing, when you're boxing, you always have to have your gloves up. Always, always, always. If you drop your gloves, uh, that gives the referee the signal that you no longer want to fight. And because you can't, you can't cover yourself, you can't protect yourself with your gloves down. So if your gloves are up, and you know, a friend of mine when I was stationed in California, uh, he and I were stationed there together and he used to box. And he said, that's, that's one of the hardest things. It's, it's not necessarily taking the licks that people are putting on your head, but sometimes those gloves, they can weigh four and five pounds a piece. And he said, just, you have to get in shape just to hold those gloves up the whole match, you see. And so when you drop your gloves, uh, that's the signal to the referee, you're no longer in the fight. And so Oliver McCall, you know, you can, you can go on YouTube and you can see that whole scenario there because, you know, that was puzzling to the boxing world. He dropped his gloves and he began to cry. And the referee had to stop the fight uh, because he, I guess, had, I, don't, I don't know what had happened. I, I think there was some kind of, there may have been uh, some speculation that maybe he was on drugs or something like that because they, they know that he had battled with that. But for some reason, he dropped his gloves and he just began, began to cry. And I mean cry, cry, like a baby cry. And uh, one of the saddest things I, I've ever seen, and, and, I thought, and I thought, now that's the way it is in our walk with the Lord. We're going to have an enemy, and we have an enemy. And if you, uh, you could win the fight if you just go on fighting. Uh, but if opposition is all it takes to discourage you, then you won't go far in God. You'll make God himself throw in the towel and say, this fight is over. We'll come back another day when you're ready to fight. And he'll call you out of the ring. You know, you'll just have to take the loss for that day or that season in your life. And so if you can't stand opposition, you will not grow in God. Does everybody understand now? We as believers have to be willing to be able to withstand opposition. We have to be willing. And listen, uh, especially in this ministry, the further we, we go in the things that God has called us to do, the more opposition we can expect. For someone to fight the heavyweight champion of the world, not of Louisiana, not of Tennessee, of the world, they have to climb this ladder. And as they're climbing this ladder and, and, and taking on different competition and different boxers, every step further up equals heavier opposition, equals somebody that was better than the last person you fought. And that's the way it also is in the kingdom of God. The closer you get to God, 
that heavyweight champion of the world, the more heavier and intense the opposition, the, the next level of demons is waiting on you when you've overcome the spirit of lust, when you've overcome the deceiving spirit, the malice, when you've overcome those things, it's got a whole new level of devils and you have to have your mind made up. This is just a part of life. This is a part of my spiritual walk. This is not a new thing. Believers from the beginning of time have been facing the same devil and I'm no better. So we cannot get discouraged because we have been advanced in the kingdom of God and there's this new level of opposition. Does everybody understand now? All right, is everybody there? The third chapter of the book of 2 Timothy. We're going to start reading at verse 8. It says, Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist what? What do they do now? Does everybody know who Janus and Jambres was? Those were the magicians. Now, isn't that something? You notice, as far as I know, I've never read those names in what we call the traditional Bible, in the Old Testament. But, in it, but some kind of way, Paul knew their names. Isn't that something? Now, I think it's something that we, we recognize, and he called them by name. And listen, this is the type of ministry we don't mind calling our enemies by name. You resist the truth here, wherever you may be, your name might get mentioned. <laughs> Does everybody understand now? So look at what he says. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also, what do they do? What are they resisting? Their problem is the truth. Not you. Not your walk with God. The problem that the enemy has is the truth. The Bible, Jesus Christ called our enemy the father of lies. So anywhere where you find the truth being preached, you can expect opposition from the father of lies. That's what he's there to do. He's there to resist the truth. And if you just so happen to be a mail carrier of the truth, does everybody understand? If you just so happen to be someone who don't mind speaking the truth, when, when it comes to you to speak that truth, you will face opposition from the devil himself. Does everybody understand that now? So that's one of those things we have to recognize as believers that this comes with the territory. Look at what it says. So do these also resist the truth? Men of what? Of corrupt minds. Men of what now? Corrupt minds. It's not your job to uncorrupt those minds. It's not your job to try to make them understand. One of the biggest issues I see among believers today is they want people to understand. 
They, you make the mistake of thinking people are like you. Some people don't have a heart for the truth. They can care less about it. Their minds are corrupt. And I refuse to lose sleep over corrupt minds that don't understand the truth. Does everybody understand now? God did not call us to uncorrupt people's minds. <laughs> Does everybody understand? Look at, we'll look at what else that says. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning what? That's the reason why you can, you can open up this Bible and you can see and you yourself, you could read something plainly of what it says. And then you can have somebody come along and say, no, nah, I, don't, I don't believe that. What's, why don't they believe it? Because they're reprobate concerning the faith. Do you know for you to help somebody, they have to at least be playing the same game that you play? If you're a soccer player, how are you going to bring somebody along that's a football player? If all you've been programmed to do is play soccer, how are you going to program and help somebody that's playing football? It's a completely different game. And so you can't help somebody that's playing a different game or that have a different faith than what you have. It's very clear to me. I sincerely believe that anybody that's following God, they're going to follow his word. And there's a difference between somebody that's ignorant and somebody that has a corrupt mind. Somebody that has a corrupt mind, they already have something in their mind. They're not ignorant. There is something else there. And you cannot convince people of God's word if God have not drawn them to be convinced of his word. Does everybody understand now? And so this tells us, it names the two individuals that withstood Moses. This tells us as they did it, so are you going to come across people that do it, that will resist the truth. And listen, and some of them even have the nerve to use the Bible to try to resist it. That's a corrupt mind. That's a corrupt mind. Everybody understand that? And so we as believers, we have to be willing to, to take that. We have, listen, you have to be willing to live your life regardless of what the naysayers say. We read things all throughout the scripture. Years ago, the Lord showed me. I was walking down this street in this neighborhood, and people were coming out of their homes following me to wherever I was going. And that was the Lord showing me, you're going to go to Tennessee, and I'm going to call people from all over the world to come to where you are to live there. At the time, I didn't know what it meant. But the Bible says wisdom is justified of her children. Meaning, if you keep living, you'll see it come to pass, and then you'll have the understanding of it. Now, this was all God's will. And we see all throughout God's scripture. When the Lord called his apostles, he told them, follow me. Follow me. And so what did they become when they followed him? Disciples. So what, did Jesus, what was Jesus Christ's last commission to his, his apostles? Go ye into all the world and make disciples of men. In other words, get people to follow you. So it's not a strange thing to me for people to uproot themselves and go to where the truth is. 
But to somebody with a reprobate mind, with a corrupt mind, that's going to be strange. Now, they'll uproot themselves for a job and, you know, for marriage and everything else. Everything but their relationship with God. Isn't that something now? And so me personally, I, I, I just don't feel the need to try to convince unbelievers. You know, the devil is just that way. It's funny, he's the father of lies, so he knows the truth. He's not crazy. Trust me when I tell you, the devil knows the Bible and believes it better than you do. But just because he's the father of lies. Does everybody understand that? Uh, think about it. Think about it like this. Let's play this game. What color is this sweater I got on? No, it's purple. What color is it? Purple. What color is it? Purple. See how the devil operates? You think I don't know it's black? But we play this game for the next three years, y'all going to be aggravated. And that's the point. <laughs> I'm going to resist the truth. The only way I can resist it is if, if I know it. It's the devil on the inside of people. The devil knows the truth. He just ain't going to follow it. And he got some people that's of corrupt minds and reprobate concerning the faith. And that's their job in his kingdom is to resist the truth. Does everybody understand now? Verse 9. But they shall proceed what? No further for their folly. And, and when you see the word folly in the Bible, you can say foolishness. For their foolishness shall be manifest unto who? As theirs also was. In other words, you keep living. Just stand back and watch. People that resist the truth, they're living a raggedy, lying life. Anybody that resists the truth ain't got no kind of life to back up what they're claiming that the word of God says. When people resist the truth, God is going to make sure they're not following him. It's not going to even look remotely close. Does everybody understand that? Y'all ever notice that? Folks that's got something to say against God's word and what it says plainly, they live in something raggedy. Raggedy. <laughs> and, and then come to you like there's some kind of authority in the scripture. Isn't that something now? But this Bible makes it clear. They, yeah, they, they'll be manifest. You just keep watching. They, they won't proceed any further. You keep watching, see. Let's go and keep reading. Verse 10. But thou hast fully known, what? My doctrine. Not only my doctrine, but what else? My manner of life. You ain't just paying attention to what I preach. You paying attention to how I live. That's what's going to tell the story. The devil can come and preach to you, but he ain't going to live it. Does everybody, does everybody understand now? Manner of life, what else? Purpose. Does everybody see now? In other words, if I'm saying something to you, there's a purpose behind it. It's going to always point to God. It is not to resist you because I don't, because I'm feeling condemned about what you believe. Does everybody see now? What else he said? Faith, long-suffering, 
charity, patience. Everybody see? You're going to see all this fruit in my life. Not just me trying to correct you with something that's in my corrupt mind. You're going to see the fruit to back it up. That's what Paul is saying here. Everybody see? Verse 11, not only that, persecutions, afflictions. Everybody see that? So when somebody is coming with a corrupt mind, trying to tell you something contrary to the word, and then trying to use God's word to do that, they ought at least be persecuted at some point in their life for what they believe. There is no such thing as truth without persecution. If they kill the author of your faith because he preached the truth and he himself told us, arm yourself likewise, you're, you're not better than me. If they've done it to me, what do you think they're going to do to you? And that, and that is the telltale sign of where people are coming from. If they don't have the life to back it up, not only the life, but the persecution. The truth is always persecuted. If you preaching something and, and you ain't being persecuted for what you're preaching, you ain't preaching the truth. Does everybody understand now? If you're not being persecuted for what's coming out of your mouth, it ain't the truth. The truth always comes with, look, look what, 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 is start off, what did we start off saying? Now Janus and Jambres withstood Moses as they withstood Moses, so do these also. What do they do? Resist the truth. The truth is always resisted by the kingdom of darkness. Always. Always. And so I don't, me personally, now this is just me, and this is to help you all. I don't pay people any, no never mind, like the old people used to say. I don't pay them any mind when they're not being persecuted for whatever is coming out of their mouth. I don't pay it any attention. When you can say it and the world pat you on the back, I know you and the world are in cahoots. When you're saying it, listen, and this is an unfortunate thing about the, the church today. The church is so busy trying to be politically correct. You're trying to live on both sides at the same time. You're not going to please God and man. And at some point, you have to decide what side you're going to stand on. Does everybody understand that? And so that truth is always, always persecuted. Always. Does everybody see that now? Per, and always afflicted. Go ahead and let's, verse 11, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What, what persecutions I endured. Everybody see that? And that's what we're calling this message today, the purpose uh, of enduring persecution. You, you have to endure persecution. Does everybody see that now? Yes. You have to. If you're going to grow in God, you got to listen. You got to get to the point where nothing shakes you. I was listening to a story they were telling about an old preacher who used to box. And uh, it, the, the, it was funny how he, he even started off boxing. The, 
he uh, had gotten to a motorcycle wreck and had uh, bought his gym, this boxing gym, and he went into the gym and, um, you know, somebody invited him into the gym to help calm him down, you know, from the motorcycle wreck, taking a curve too fast. And he went in there and uh, I guess the owner of the gym uh, had a, uh, a bird in a cage in there and the bird got out of the cage and all of the boxes in there were trying to grab the bird for him. But this, this preacher, he snatched the bird out of the air just quick. And uh, the, the owner of the gym said, uh, I never seen hands that fast. Why don't you come back and let's, you know, let's see what you got in the boxing ring. So he was in the boxing ring boxing and he said that this, this, the owner of the gym himself used to be a boxer, was a really good boxer. And he said that this, this owner, this guy, he was training him, he said he was constantly pounding his body, pounding his body. You know, and he said, uh, he told him, hey, uh, you're going to kill me. You know, he said one time he knocked him out of the ring. He said, you're going to kill me. And he said the, 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 the owner told him, look, I don't care how good you can throw a punch. If you don't learn to take pain in your body, you won't last in boxing. Boxing ain't just about how good and how fast your fists are. But can your body absorb the shocks of somebody else's fists? You have to have heart to box. And he said, so I can, I'm training you to take punishment because you don't win boxing matches without taking punishment. You have to learn to absorb. Your body has to take the shock of the punch. And so he went into, into the technical details, something about when somebody hits you and they hit you hard enough, it'll stop your heart briefly. It'll stop your blood flow just real briefly. And everybody can't come back from that. So I got to train you to keep going even when your heart have stopped for a second or two. And listen, and that's the whole purpose, brothers and sisters, of persecution. God is training you when you are shocked, when somebody come with something crazy. You ain't down for the count. You're able to withstand the blows of the enemy. That's what the shield of faith is for. Does everybody understand that? Let's think about this. How many of you, how many of you in your right now, you can picture in your mind the shield of faith? Let's think about that. What does that shield of faith does? It covers. They, they hold it just like this. Who's holding it? You are. You're holding the shield of faith. It ain't over here and the devil's shooting darts at it. It's right here. So do you think the shield of faith is being still when the devil is, is throwing the darts? No. It's jolting you. You still feel the blow. All the shield of faith does, it stops it from penetrating you. But you still feel the blow. How many of you have known a police officer to get shot in the chest with a bulletproof vest on? You know they still got to go to the hospital? You know their chest is still bruised up? Oh yeah, it stops the bullet from going in their heart. But it don't stop the blow. If you talk to a police officer that has been shot with his bulletproof vest on, they'll tell you it feels like somebody hit him with a bat. They still feel the shock of it. Does everybody understand that? 
And listen, so we don't, we're not here to pretend and tell you, well, you know, nothing the devil does is going to affect you if your faith is where it needs to be. <laughs> no, he, he's going to shock your system. He's going to come up with some crazy, crazy stuff. And if you're not careful, you'll mope in it. You'll whine and complain. You'll forget to praise God that the, that the dark didn't penetrate you. You're going to have to learn to take the blow of the devil. Does everybody understand that? God has given you the shield of faith, but he ain't standing in front of you to take the blow. You're going to have to learn to take the blow. Does everybody understand that? All right. Let's keep reading now. Look what he says. What persecutions I endured, but what? Out of them all, the Lord did what now? Notice he said out. He didn't say the Lord kept me from them. Out of them all. I was in the mud. The Lord pulled me out of it. I was in persecution. The Lord pulled me out of it. He delivered me out of it. He didn't keep me from going through it. Does everybody see now? Look at what he says now. Yeah, and all that will live what? In who? Christ Jesus shall do what? Suffer persecution. If you are not suffering persecution, you are not living godly in Christ Jesus. Somebody in this world, somewhere, ought to be talking bad about you and your spiritual walk. Somebody somewhere should be spreading foolishness about your name. Somebody somewhere ought to think you crazy for following God. Somebody. That's a, that, listen, all they that will live godly, everybody see that? In Christ Jesus shall do what? Shall do what now? Look at that word, shall do what now? Suffer. Shall suffer persecution. Persecution has to be suffered. Does everybody understand that now? Listen, <laughs> there's no way around it. And ain't no use in boohooing about it. If, if you ever played sports and you got a little scratch on your ankle or your knee and you decided to cry, you're going to be on the sideline for the next school year. Does everybody understand now? And you go to the locker room the next day, and you're going to have a baby doll taped to your locker to help comfort you. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? <laughs> so this lets me know as a believer, if I'm truly living for God, I need to expect persecution. I need to expect it. I don't need to think it's something strange. Does everybody understand that? 
I need to get out of this idea that people are supposed to like me. I need to get out of this idea that people are supposed to be just excited about my walk as, as, as you know, that they need to be, have the same excitement for me. That's not the case. When you are called to a higher place in God, people that want to stay in the boat, they're going to always think you crazy for getting out of the boat. And now here's the deceiving thing. Everybody that's there maybe persecuting you, they're not all going to hell. Some of them just don't understand and just don't have enough sense to keep their mouth shut about it. One of the biggest mistakes that people make, I, I'm going to just use this as an example. If you remember, the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, his disciples, they came across some folks they, that were casting out devils. You know what they did? They went back to the Lord and complained. They begin to persecute those people. Forbid them from doing that. They're not with us. And the Lord had to basically tell them in his own way, they couldn't do that if it wasn't for me. So even the disciples, in misunderstanding what somebody else was doing, decided, we're going to come back and we're going to complain to the Lord. We're going we're gonna to complain to him about what somebody else is doing. So even believers can go down this line of persecuting. Does everybody understand that? So it ain't just the devil's imps that's doing it. So you, you don't need to be discouraged when you're misunderstood. Listen, uh, brothers and sisters, and we have to make this clear. Don't be, don't you be one of those people that have to be understood. It's got a whole world of people out there for you to try to convince. I'll see you 2,000 years from now <laughs> when you're done doing that. Does everybody understand that? You know that's not your job to convince other people about what you believe? It's not your job to try to make people understand you? You know, in, in fact, what it really is is a telltale sign that you have not crucified flesh the way that you should. As a believer, uh, can y'all hear me very clearly? As a believer, you have to be willing to be misunderstood. Not only misunderstood, you have to be willing to be lied on and for no reason. We make the mistake of thinking that people are like us. Does everybody understand that? For the most part, as believers, we mind our business. We don't bother anybody. And we assume that everybody else is the same. I'm not messing with you. Why are you messing with me? I ain't got nothing to say if that's you and your life. Why, why does my life, why am I the, the subject and the talk at y'all's dining room table. You could think that, that other people are like you, except you have to know what you're dealing with, the devil. Does everybody understand now? And sometimes, poor us, we get our little hearts broke. Because if they just understood where the Lord brought me from, they'd understand my... And the devil knows where the Lord brought you from. He's the one that pushed you in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> Is 
He knows just how deep you were in it and, and took a dump on you when, while you were in there. <laughs> oh, so see, the problem is you still thinking you're dealing with flesh and blood. No, the word of God makes it clear. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're not boxing flesh and blood, brothers and sisters. And so in our minds, if I move this mic like this, you would assume I have a reason. And in your mind, you would come up with a reason. Well, maybe the mic wasn't just in front of him like it should have been. And that's the way we think as human beings. For somebody to do something against me, there has to be a reason. And that's, that's in our minds. There has to be a reason. And so if we're not careful, the whole thing would be next is to try to figure out what their reason is so that we can be friends. Let me figure out why you're persecuting me. Let me figure out what am I doing wrong in your eyesight. So what? I can make adjustments and go against God's will for me. Oh, I can just keep living for God and let the devil do what he does. Does everybody understand now? Any of you ever wondered why is it that people can't see plainly what you can see? Why is it, you know, when you think about an area that you've been persecuted in, why is it people don't see it the way you see it? Why is it you can see something in the Bible and they can't see it? Because... They're blind leaders of the blind. Does everybody understand now? How can you help that individual that can't see when God himself has blinded their eyes? Does everybody see? Let's, now, just in case, let's read verse 12 again. Yeah, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Does everybody see? And so we read that, we can stop there, we can think, well, you know, at some point it's going to all let up. At some point, you know, people just going, they're going to get tired. And I'm, you know, I, right now I'm the subject of their, of their dinner talk. Uh, but after a while they're going to go on about their business, they're going to leave me alone. But what does verse 13 says? But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. <laughs> <laughs> what was it Puff Daddy used to say? I thought I told you that I won't stop. Yeah. Yeah. No, he ain't going to stop. Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> Look at what it says. But evil men and seducers. Everybody see that? Isn't that something now? He, he's talking about these people that withstand the truth. He called them evil and seducers. Evil and what? Does everybody see now? And we're going to show you just some, some real quick things real quick. Look what that says. Shall wax, in other words, shall become what? Worse and worse. Deceiving and doing what? Being deceived. But continue thou. Everybody see that? You continue in the things which thou hast what? Learned and has been what? Assured of. Everybody see that? 
knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Everybody see that? Who did you learn it from? Let's go back. Verse 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions. That's who you've learned it from. Everybody see now? Don't let the devil question you when the fruit speaks for itself. Does everybody understand that? When God has sent you a, a preacher and then some devil come along and trying to convince you of something otherwise, you compare them lives together. Set one of them on the side of the other one. That's who you listen to. The one who's following this. Does everybody understand that? Everybody got an opinion. Everybody, listen. Here's the strange thing about people. Everybody know how to live your life better than you do. And living paycheck to paycheck. Does everybody understand? Everybody know what you could have done better. <laughs> and living just as raggedy as they want to live. Does everybody understand that? When I was in prison, my cellmate couldn't have told me what he wouldn't have done. Man, I, I wouldn't have been here for that. Yeah, but you in here. <laughs> no matter what you did. If you in here for traffic tickets and I done killed somebody, you ain't no better than me. We both in the same jail. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> you, you not a righteous prisoner? <laughs> you in prison, fool. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? <laughs> and so this lets us know, according to God's word, that we're going to suffer persecution. Let's go real briefly. Hmm. Let's go to the book of Mark the fourth chapter of the book of Mark. We're going to try to get through these scriptures as quickly as possible. Now this is why, and we're going to go over with you, one of the reasons why it is very important that we learn to suffer persecution. Everybody understand? The fourth chapter of the book of Mark, and we're going to start reading at verse 13. It says, And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will ye know all parables? Verse 14, The sower soweth the word. Everybody see that? And these are they by the wayside, where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately, and taketh away the word that was sown where? In their hearts. Verse 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately 
receiveth how? How do they receive it? Verse 17, and have no root in themselves. Everybody see that? Have what now? No root in themselves. And so endure, but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the what? Word's sake, immediately they are what? When they're persecuted, the devil comes and take the word away from them. Take what they've learned away from them. All it takes is a little persecution. That's all, does everybody understand that? That's all it takes is a little persecution. And you persecute me for what I believe, and then I'm going to start doubting what I believe. Isn't that something now? You know, afflictions and persecutions. Do, do you see that's, the on, that's their only problem? Cannot withstand persecution. They receive it with gladness. They're running this race. They're enduring for a while. And then all of a sudden, somebody on the sideline is just standing in point. Look at how he's running. you bow-legged. You're not need. God don't call you to run like that. What'd you do? Stop. Look. Okay, let me get out this race. Can't stand being talked about. You know how else it shows up? You run in the race, somebody on the sideline start talking bad about you. You know what you do? You stop and start fighting with them. You fight with them, you're out of the race. That's, again, we don't pay them no never mind. Does everybody understand that? You know, it's funny. I'm going to tell you what's strange about stuff. Uh, Michael Jordan had everybody my age thinking that they can dunk. When people are standing on the sideline criticizing you, it's because the grace of God is with you and you're making it look easy. They don't know how hard it is until they themselves start running. Does everybody understand that? So what happens when people cannot take persecution, the Bible says they get offended. You, you always hear me, what, is, what do I always say? Offense is the devil. Nothing good comes out of it. Does everybody understand that? My wife and I, just recently, we made an investment. <laughs> you, know, you know when you hear that word, it costs something. Does everybody understand? Yeah, this cup wasn't an investment. Everybody understand? These napkins, they not an investment. The bed was. <laughs> Does everybody understand? Yeah, that was an investment. <laughs> People proud of their matches. And um, they gave us a, a, a three-month, a 90-day trial. And uh, basically what they told us is you give the bed time. It ain't gonna feel as good as what you want it to feel. It's not, it's not as soft as what it's gonna be in the next few weeks. So, you know, a lot of, cause a lot of times people buy a mattress and they, like the mattress my wife and I bought is a plush mattress 
and it is rated medium, meaning somewhere in between firm and soft. So we want it medium. But we sleep on it now, it's soft, but it's not as soft as what we'd like. And so the, the, the people told us, well, you know, just give it a time. It'll, it, 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 it will start giving. And it will become what you paid for. You know how it does that? Through affliction. My wife and I ain't sleeping on the couch looking at it. Waiting on it to get saved. <laughs> we are afflicting it. You gonna get beat up. Does everybody understand that? All this weight is gonna make you be what you're supposed to be. Now you saying medium. <laughs> By the time I get done rolling all over the place, you gonna be that. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? And that's the way God does his people. He allows the affliction. He allows the persecution so that you can be what he ordered. So that you can become what he paid for. Does everybody understand that now? But if we get offended, how are we going to become what God has called us to be? Does everybody understand that? All right, now, let's, if you have your Bibles, let's go real briefly. So does everybody understand why it's important to be able to endure affliction and to be able, be able to endure persecution? That's the way you keep the word. That's the way you hold on to it. Does everybody understand that? Let's go to the 10th chapter of the book of Mark. And we're going to start reading at verse 28. Ten chapter Mark, we'll start reading in verse 28. It says, Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man. Everybody see that? Everybody see now? There is no man that have left what? House. Everybody see that? There is no man that have left what? House. Sister Sarah, you owned a house before you moved here, didn't you? What did you do with it? She sold it. Everybody see? The world would look at that and think, That's, I wouldn't have done that. But what is our Lord saying? People do it. They leave house. How many of y'all were homeless before you moved here? You were living somewhere, under a roof somewhere, wasn't you? Did you have to leave it? So you see, it's not uncommon. Try showing this to the devil. Show it to him, see what he's going to say. That was for back then. And you know what? That same devil will get sick and call you and ask you for prayer. And what are you going to say? That was for back then. <laughs> <laughs> but 
We used to pray back 2,000 years ago. Because <laughs> you know what? The same devil that caused them to persecute people is also there to afflict them. Does everybody understand now? I might have to come back to this lesson. <laughs> yeah, we might have to do a part two to this. Look at what it says. Verily I say unto you, there is no man that have left house or what? Brethren or who? Everybody see that now? You gonna leave your family and all that you know? Isn't that something? Or who? Father or who? Or who now? Or who now? Wife. Isn't that something? Don't tell me that God won't separate. Don't tell me God will separate husband except he will. Yes, he will. Wife don't want to go alone. You stay behind. God said leave them. That there are men that leave their wives for the gospel's sake. Does everybody see that? There are men that leave not only their wife, but who else? Their children. I don't believe that. Thank you, devil, for identifying yourself. Does everybody understand that now? Or what? Lands for what? My sake and the gospels. What world are you living in when you don't think there's a price to be paid? There is a price to following Jesus Christ. And, and it might not be the same for everybody. But I'm going to tell you this. You're going to leave something and somebody behind. Sometimes it's friends. How many of you have ever tried to be friends with folks you were friends with out in the world after the fact? What y'all got in common? You still got eyes? Me too. I know the Bible says that them giants had six toes, but I ain't grown a sixth one yet. You still got five toes? Me too. I knew we were friends for a reason. <laughs> That's about all you're going to have in common. Does everybody understand that? Eyeballs and toes. <laughs> you try to talk about spiritual things. What they going to say? Let me get off this phone. Does everybody understand now? Look at what it says, verse 30. When you give all that up, but he shall receive what? An hundredfold. When? When now? God will give you another wife. He'll give you another house. He'll give you some old brothers and sisters. What he's doing, what they, what they call it when we're in high school, college prep? Yeah, heaven prep. You got a whole nother set of siblings. You got a whole nother mama and daddy. If you will accept it. Is that in your Bible? Well, look what it says. But he shall receive a hundredfold. Now in what? This time. 
Everybody see that? In this time, what? Houses. Notice in verse 29, it said house. What does verse 30 say? Houses. And it ain't said they, but they. It says, but he. He. He had a house. Now he got more than one. Houses. And what? Brethren. And what? Sisters. And what? Mothers. I'm going to give you more than what you left. And what? Children. And what? Lands with what? Uh-oh. The question is, can I endure it? See, here is <laughs> the kicker to this scripture. We all accept receiving the hundredfold. But can we endure the persecution that come with receiving the hundredfold? If you can't stand to be talked about, you know what happened when God tried to give you the hundredfold? You'll lose it. You'll lose it trying to prove that you're not some fanatic. Does everybody understand that? Because if the devil can tilt you one way or the other, you know how he'll get you? When you give up all, leave all behind, whatever it is God tell you to leave behind, and God begin to bless you and bless you, you know how the devil's going to come? If you were really saved, you'd give all of that away. You ain't supposed to be blessed like that. Look at, look at how your, your brothers and sisters are, are suffering. And you start giving away your hundredfold. You'll, you'll take a, 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 an oath of poverty to keep the devil quiet versus just taking persecution. You'll change all of what God is wanting to do in your life. You'll start undoing it. Just to keep people quiet and to keep them from talking about you, except they'll still talk about you. Does everybody understand that? John the Baptist came neither eating nor drinking. <laughs> they called, they told him he had a devil. Jesus Christ came eating and drinking. And they called him a glutton and a wine bibber. Just the opposite of both of y'all going to hell. One of you ain't eating and drinking, the other one eating and drinking too doggone much. You got to have balance. You can't do them both. You make up your mind, eat or drink, but don't do both of them. You see how the devil will do you? He'll have you confused, sitting at the dinner table repenting for eating. Lord, forgive me for drinking. <laughs> Does everybody understand? I'm, I'm trying not to be a stumbling block, Lord. Uh, except I'm eating drink and I don't care who's watching. Does everybody understand that? That devil will have you tiptoeing around him. You won't know what to do. Everybody understand? Lord, is it safe to read your word? <laughs> you got to be willing to be persecuted. Because if not, the devil will have you thinking everything is wrong. Does everybody understand that now? No, we're not going <laughs> to. I believe we've given you enough to chew on. 
read that verse again, verse 30. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children. Everybody see that? Do y'all see that? Now my question is, do you accept it? Do you accept, do you accept the brand new everything? Do you accept your new brothers, your new sisters? Do you believe that they are just as much your brothers and sisters as what your blood biological brothers and sisters are? That's what he's saying. In fact, they ought to be closer to you because you have a spiritual connection. Your biological daddy at the time was just pleasing his flesh. Does everybody understand that? And you got here. Your spiritual father made you and created you for his pleasure. And he gave you a connection that's stronger than the flesh connection. Does everybody understand that now? But my question is, do you receive that? Do you receive the new things? Does everybody understand now? But he shall receive... And hundredfold, now in this time, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with what? With what now? With what? Does everybody see that? With persecutions. Everybody see that? Right now, persecutions. And in the world to come, what? Eternal life. Let's go look at one more scripture. And, we'll, and if the Lord say the same next week, we'll continue on in this because I really want to take my time with this. Let's go, to the, uh, let's go to the book of Acts, the 13th chapter. We want you to digest this message. The 13th chapter of the book of Acts, we're going to start reading at verse 1. It says, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch. Now, what we read in, the, uh, in 2 Timothy, I think the third chapter, this is what, part of what Paul was talking about. Does everybody understand now? Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Mania, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have done what? called them. So everybody see what the first thing that happened in that church? Two men were separated from everybody else. You don't hardly read anything else about, about Simeon, about Lucius, about Manion, but you read quite a bit about Saul and Barnabas. Does everybody see that? And so you that are sitting here, those of you that will come to be a part of this ministry in the future, those of you who are who the Lord will call to another ministry for whatever reason, and maybe even in another location. 
That is what the Holy Ghost does. He separates. Separate people for the work that he have called them to do. He separates. Everybody understand that? You think these brethren didn't have a bond and a brotherhood among them? Yeah, they had a bond among them. They were fasting and praying together and ministering to the Lord. But look at what the Lord did. You and you, y'all separate from the rest of them. Because I have a work for you to do. Does everybody understand that? And I sincerely believe everybody that God have moved here to be a part of this ministry have been separated. Just like Paul and Barnabas for a work. Does everybody understand now? Look at what that says. Verse 3, and when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they being sent forth by who? By who now? The Holy Ghost departed into Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. Everybody see that? Were they just going there in their spiritual minds? <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Look at what was said. Look at verse... Uh, Let's read verse 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers. Everybody see that? But what did that Holy Ghost say? Separate me these two men. And where are they going? To Seleucia and then to Cyprus. Everybody see that? And, for the, and that's for those of us who have heard our loved ones say, well, this church is here. It's got prophets here. It's got pastors here. Yeah, but the Holy Ghost said Yeah, the Holy Ghost said. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> there were prophets and teachers in Antioch, but Saul and Barnabas had to be separated and go to the work that they were called to do. Does everybody understand now? Verse 5, and when they were at Sal Salamis, they had preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their what? Minister, Verse 6. And when they had gone through the isle of pa unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them... Everybody see? What did he do? He withstood them. How? The same way Janice and Jambres did. You know, you could think I'm just going along preaching the word and, and, and everybody, if you ain't got nothing to do with it, you ain't going to be involved. Except the devil is involved. These two men were withstood by who? A sorcerer. A warlock. Does everybody see that now? What did it have to do with him? What, is, what did he care? Nothing except he was full of the devil. You are going to be persecuted. There ain't nothing you can do about it. Does everybody understand that? It, when people see you running a race... They're going to say you're running too fast or you're not running fast enough. They're going to find something wrong with the race that you're running. And if you get discouraged and you stop running the race, they're going to say, oh, you're a punk. 
You didn't have what it take to finish the race. Either way, you're going to be persecuted. So if you start running, you keep running. You don't let the devil discourage you. Does everybody understand now? So you see these two men of God on their first trip out from being sent out by the Holy Ghost. Do you notice the Holy Spirit didn't lay out the red carpet for them? You know, the kingdom of God is different than the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness, you know, when we were out in the world, the red carpet was laid out for us, and we thought, man, this, is, this was supposed to be. It was just all laid out. Just everything just was just all laid out. But in the kingdom of God, how do you know that, it, that you're in God's will? Opposition. It ain't all laid out. It's going to take some fasting and prayer. It's going to take some reading the word and growing in God. How do you know when you're on God's side? When the devil is opposing you. Does everybody understand that now? Look what it says, verse 8. But Elamus, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them. How did he do it? Seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Isn't that the truth? It don't take all of that to be saved. You don't have to help live a holy life. You sisters, you ain't got to let your hair grow down. You can cut it and be bald-headed like your husband. You can do this. You can, and what are they doing? Seeking to turn away you from the faith. That's every witch and warlock's job. Do they understand that? What do they do? How do? Could you imagine what he's standing there doing? Getting him the question. I don't know about that. Does everybody understand that? He didn't have to be brash about it. Just getting him the question. Uh, I would, I, if I were you, I would study the word for myself. Yeah, and when you get done studying it, it's going to say the same thing that he said when I'm standing up here reading it. It ain't going to change because in your, in your study time. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> now, a corrupt mind to try to switch it and flip it all around. <laughs> Everybody see now. Now, you know, I'm, I want to stay here for a second because I want you to see the evilness of it. This man have called Paul and Barnabas because he wanted to hear the pure word of God. And here you got some rascal, don't care nothing about it. And he ain't just sitting there just fidgety, just messing with his fingernails and his fingers. He's standing there trying to turn the faith away from the man. Trying to turn him away from what he's hearing. Now if that's not the devil, I don't know what is. And you see how, how God identified him. I think his name is really interesting. Does everybody know what B-A-R means? Son of, the son of Jesus, so-called. And those will be the main ones that try to turn you away from the faith. People that claim to be the children of God. Isn't that something now? 
You know, you want me to tell you how crazy the devil is? He'll get some of these people to go to church just to prove you wrong. They ain't thinking about church until you get in it. Then all of a sudden they're going to go to church and get a revelation from some new pastor. Isn't that not, you know the devil is crazy when he going to church and ain't thinking about church, but going there to prove you wrong? Just to say I go to church. Wasn't thinking about church, but I go. So you ought to listen. How many of you have experienced that? Folks, join church. <laughs> Just to be able to call you and tell you your pastor's wrong. <laughs> yeah, the devil is real. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Isn't that something now? That devil something else. But you see, it won't last long. Does everybody understand now? No, that don't last long at all. Let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 9, then Saul, who is called, who is also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, Oh, full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, Thou enemy of all righteousness. Everybody see now. What did he say? Will thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee. To do what? Bless him? No. And thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Does everybody see that now? What did Paul call him? Child of the devil. Everybody see that? Let's go and keep reading. Verse 12, and the, then the deputy, when he saw what was done, what did he do? Believed. Everybody see? I want to, we're going to sum this up just real briefly here. Paul and Barnabas withstood persecution. They did not get out of character. You know, the Bible says that in this group of men that they were among, they were prophets and teachers. So we know Paul had to see something to be able to pronounce what he pronounced on this man. This deputy was sitting back watching how they were going to respond. Let me see. Now, I called y'all to preach to me, but let me see if you really got the goods, because I know this fellow that works for me, he's full of the devil. I know what's in him. Let, let's see how y'all respond. Persecution ain't just about you. It's about the people that's around you. They want to see how you respond. Listen, brothers and sisters, how else do you know you have the love of God on the inside of you except persecution come and you act godly? You know what the fruit of persecution is for you and why God allowed it to happen to you? Look at what it says. Verse 12, then the deputy, when he saw what was done, what did he do? Believed. Persecution is meant to win souls. 
You know why? Because everybody else is also standing around looking and they're comparing lives. This man says he's living for God. And here you are talking bad about him. And I see what your life looks like. Even people out in the world can tell that there's a difference. And the only thing they're waiting on is you having a righteous response to the persecution. Does everybody understand that? When Jesus Christ was on the cross, literally being persecuted and killed, he prayed for those that were killing him. And you know what it did? It pricked one soldier's heart. Where eventually the soldier said, surely this man must have been the son of God. Why? Because he wasn't up there cursing. He wasn't up there acting a fool. He was not self-entitled. He took all of this whooping all night. He took people punching him in the face. He took all of that and only at the end of his life, only to pray for the people that was doing all that to him. Next week, if the Lord say the same, we'll go more in detail about Paul. That was his conversion as well. So you see, the whole purpose, or part of the purpose of you being persecuted is to win the audience. Does everybody understand now? My prayers are that we'll receive that. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for this word that you've spoken to us today. God, we pray that you will allow these things to sink into our hearts, Lord. Help us, Lord, to endure persecution, to endure the things that you've called us to endure, Lord. Help us, Lord, not to be self-entitled. Help us to have a right mind towards persecution, Lord, and not think it's something strange when we fall into these trials. Help us to know, Lord, it is to try our faith and to show us where we are in you, O oh God. We thank you for persecution. Lord, we also thank you for the victory that you provided. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, if that's all now, uh, we'll go ahead and be dismissed and uh, uh, my prayers is that we'll take what we've heard home and let these things uh, marinate in our hearts and pr produce the fruit that God intended for them to produce. Alright, if that's all now, we're dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.